ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, everybody. I'm Naomi Paragon. And I'm Andy Beckerman. We're a real-life couple and a real-life couple of comedians. And we're the hosts of the podcast Couples Therapy. Look, it's a new year. It's a new you. And it's the perfect time to try a new podcast. And I'm going to tell you, that podcast should be Couples Therapy, a show so good. It was on both Vulture and Grinders' top podcast of 2022. What? Yes, that's right. On the show, we talk to people we like. Such as Bob the Drag Queen, Kumail Nanjiani, Bowen Yang, Darcy Carden. All about love and relationships. And then we answer your relationship questions. We are two unlicensed comedians just trying to help heal you. Open your hearts, loosen your butts, because we got a lot of laughs. And a lot of the real real just for you. Wherever you get your podcast from. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. Last season, I looked at the careers of some of the most successful female artists of all time breaking down their journeys to learn how they got to where they got to, what different career and life lessons we could pull from their journeys and how they experienced their success versus how we experienced it from the outside. This season, I want to look at the lives of these powerful female creators inspired by this music, focusing on a particular quality which they embody to me and which can have a positive impact on all of our lives if we bring it into our own lives a bit more. So for this first episode, I'm looking at possibly my favourite artist of all time, Big Statement. Someone I love both for her versatility as an artist, but also for what she represents as a woman. One of the greatest pop stars, one of the wealthiest women in the world, (laughs) and one of the baddest. Rihanna! This is an episode in confidence as taught by Rihanna. Ladies, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. In December 1988, Robin Fenty was born on the island of Barbados to an accountant and a warehouse supervisor. She actually grew up in an abusive home. Her father had issues with both alcohol and crack cocaine, so she saw resulting violence from that in her home. He would often come home and be physically violent towards her mother. I felt like he was a bad husband, he was a bad father. Because you watched him do some bad things to your mom. Yeah, I witnessed a lot as a, as a child in my, in my household. And was when he I violent? Got to the, yes, he was. Rihanna, or Robin, was 14 when her parents divorced and her mum's life got better after this and that's when the violence stopped. So note, her mum's life got better when she became independent from her husband. Confidence lesson one, the confidence to know that if you're in a relationship with someone who isn't treating you right, then your life will improve when you're out of it. What are you looking for in a man now to wear this clothes? I'm not looking for a man. Let's start there. It was her mum who was by her side when she was flown to the States at 15 years old to record demo tapes for record producer Evan Rogers. So he'd actually spotted Rihanna as part of a three-piece band, but said that when he saw her, when she walked into the room, she just commanded attention and the others sort of disappeared. The demos he recorded with her included the song Ponder Replay, which ended up being her first single. And uh, fun fact, Drake was on the set of that video, and that was the first time he ever saw Rihanna. 
Rihanna released that single, Ponder Replay, when she was 17, and she'd been signed to Def Jam after getting a very enthusiastic seal of approval from Jay-Z, who at that point had just been appointed CEO of the label, and L.A. Reid, um, who, if you don't know, is a pretty big deal behind the scenes. This is what Jay-Z said about Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And when she walked into our office, I was like, you know, she just had, it was just something about her. It was just, she had this, you know, it was just something about it. And then she um, performed this song and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Then, you know, we sat down and we talked and they were talking about how she would stay in the studio and try to get the verse over and then come back the next day. I was like, oh, work ethic, okay. everything is there. So we signed it at night. So there was something about Rihanna that convinced Jay he needed her on his label. And I would say that thing was presence. When you break down presence, a lot of it really is about self-assuredness, about believing you have a right to be in a space. It's easy now to look at Rihanna and think, well, she's gorgeous. Her voice is iconic. She's one of the most stylish women in the world. Like, of course she would be self-assured. But at that point in time, when she met Jay-Z, she was just a young girl from Barbados who had spent barely any time in the States. She had pretty much no material no links to the industry, nothing really to validate her confidence. It all just had to come from her. It had to come from inside. So confidence lesson number two, no one else can give it to you. You have to just choose it for yourself. Rihanna signed a six album deal, which is big. Um, Her first album was Music of the Sun, and this was quite dancehall centric, celebrating her island roots. It had features from Elephant Man, uh, who did the song Wine Up with Kat DeLuna, if anyone remembers that. Cardinal Official, uh, Sean Paul and The King, Vibes Cartel. None of the other songs from that album, Music of the Sun, really hit big. And honestly, I looked back at the track list and I didn't recognise any of them. Um, her second album was where her potential as an international superstar really began to show. This album included the songs SOS, We Ride, Break It Off. It's so hard when you say the names not to sing, or well, try to. And the absolute classic ballad, Unfaithful. In this album, she first really began to show quite how much range she had and wanted to be known for as an artist. But that really was just a warm up for what came next. So at 19 years old, Rihanna really found her voice and she released the album Good Girl Gone Bad. That album included, I mean, literally every song on the album was a hit. Um, But just to refresh your memory, Umbrella... Ella, Ella, Don't Stop the Music, Rehab with Justin Timberlake, Shut Up and Drive, and also Hate That I Love You with Neo, which is a lot of hits for one album. She said of that album, Good Girl Gone Bad is an expression of where I'm at in my life and my career. It's like, this is me, this is what I'm doing, I don't care if you like it or not. I remember my friend Joe being a big fan of the message. Shout out, Joe. But I think every teenage girl was a big fan of that album. It was a very specific period in time when boys were kind of being useless and you can listen to it and look out the window of a bus sighing that, oh, you're just another case of a good girl gone bad, mistreated after boys were too silly. And that was the birthing of Bad Gal Riri. Suddenly she was iconic in the same way that Rihanna became iconic after chopping her hair into that asymmetrical bob for Umbrella. Yes, this was also the time when she went for the asymmetric haircut and the rest of the world followed. When Rihanna stepped away from the mould of sweet pop princess and embraced her androgyny a bit, that's when she started to become really iconic and known as a trailblazer. 
And so the third lesson in confidence I'm going to pull from that isn't about cutting your hair so much as it's about listening to yourself and letting that come through, not being afraid to be unconventional if it's pulling you in some way. I think Rihanna at this point was further demonstrating that there was more in her than anyone else could have believed. How could anyone you meet ever seem capable of doing everything she's gone on to do? particularly when they're from an island with a population about half that of the city of Bristol and have no links or previous connection to money or the entertainment industry. So confidence lesson number three is be rebellious in a healthy way. It was after this album when Rihanna was assaulted by Chris Brown. And the thing I remember very distinctly about that was that the couple got back together briefly afterwards and the world was obviously quite shocked because they'd seen the images of her and the amount of violence that she'd actually experienced and uh, Rihanna then broke it off a bit later and she went on Oprah to have an open interview about it and she explained that the reason she broke it off was because she was worried about the message she was giving about forgiving violence I couldn't be held responsible for telling them go back Chris even if Chris never hit me again who's to say that their boyfriend won't who's to say that they won't kill these girls and these are these are young girls and I could not I just didn't realize how much of an impact I had on these girls lives until that happened this isn't a point about confidence it's a point about responsibility and making tough choices celebrities often want to push away their responsibility but Rihanna accepted hers because it was serious it was a serious amount of weight for one woman who wasn't yet 25 and who was experiencing her first love and her first real intense fame all at the same time a few months later Rihanna released Rated R which was a much grittier sounding album than her previous this album was inspired by dubstep sounds so she worked quite a bit with people like Chase and Status on the production uh, singles on it again went further in pushing her image of rebellion but also showcasing her huge range and I think range is an interesting one for an artist because it's accurate for who you are as a person we all have light and dark and we all sometimes want to party and sometimes we just want to sit alone and cry a little weird insight into my life there but to demonstrate from a singles point of view the album had wait your turn and rockstar 101 and rude boy but it also had russian roulette and stupid in love and Te Amo, which was also great. This album, I think, was Rihanna declaring that she was not just a victim of abuse and violence. She was a lot stronger than that, and she would be a lot more than that. I don't know whether it was everything that she had been through, um, her increased success, or just her growing older, but I feel like at this point in her life, Rihanna was just like, fuck it. And she's she's continued with that attitude since... (laughs) She threw herself into the creativity and the world of each single that she released. So each one had its own visual identity, kind of in the way Missy Elliott did. But for Rihanna, it was like she and her hair and her makeup and all that was such a big part of it. And I call that out because as women, I think hair is a really big part of our identity, particularly, I would say, for black women. So if you look at the visual world of Rude Boy versus Russian Roulette, it's a totally different expression. Confidence lesson number four is the confidence to express the different sides of yourself. And in a creative space, it can help to do that in a slightly exaggerated way. Album number four followed really quickly. And that was when Riri brought the red hair and suddenly everyone wanted red hair. It was a warmer album. It included What's My Name with Drake, visually one of my favourite Rihanna moments, and such a charming catchy song as well. 
It was their first collab and since they've gone on to release work and too good. When Rihanna and Drake work together, it's only to release one of, if not the biggest single of the year. At this time, Rihanna did her first cover of Vogue. And I want to transition a bit now to talk about body confidence, because I think as she's evolved, so has her understanding and presentation of this in a really, really wonderful way. For a woman to accept their body the way it is, is almost impossible. The grass is always greener. So that was in 2012. And you kind of can see that she's comfortable with the conflict that you have as a woman with your body, but aware of it at the same time. So Rihanna did her last world tour in 2016 for Anti. And it was around that time that she started working on extending her empire beyond music. Fenty Beauty was launched a year later in 2017. And the fashion house Fenty, which she works on with LVMH, was founded in the same year. Savage, the underwear brand, was launched out of Fenty in 2019. And she has just now announced the launch of Fenty Skin. When Fenty Beauty was launched, the foundation was released in 40 shades, with the simple intention for there not to be a skin colour that it wouldn't work for. When Savage, La- Savage Lingerie, wow, that's a tongue twister, was launched, it was to fit every size. And not just fit every size, but it was literally designed to make, to accentuate the beauty of women in different sizes. I want women to feel confident no matter what size they are, no matter what shade of nude they are, no matter what their personality is, what their race is, their religion is. I want women to feel confident and sexy because that's who we are and we deserve to feel like that. There's a simplicity to Rihanna's confidence at this point in time, which she puts into everything she does. While other brands move so slowly or they just do like one small dip in the pond, like they have one person from a different shape or different skin colour, or a la Victoria's Secret, they just try to cling to one idea of what beautiful or what sexy is. Rihanna, on the other hand, with all her lines, is very clear that beauty, sexiness, femininity, these aren't things which come in a mould. Everyone has that in them. Full stop. Like, no discussion needed. Valentine's? (laughs) Yeah, I'm selling a lot of lingerie for that day. Right now, the conversation about gender and trans rights is being hotly debated. And I can understand the debate around complex legalities when it comes to people who don't really identify as trans for a long period of time. I can understand the debate. However, any concept of someone being weird or not normal or not feeling like they want to accept certain aspects or the gender that they were given, I can't understand why that needs to be a debate or why that needs to affect anyone except for the individual. And so Fenty Skin arrives and it's for men because men deserve to feel beautiful too. And also who says men don't want to wear makeup or masculine men don't want to wear makeup or anything else that the world has been saying for so long? I guess there's a lot of discomfort based on the barriers and that society puts on, on you. What they tell you should be, shouldn't be, look like, not look like, talk like, dress like. And to just be okay with whatever it is that you feel and are, that to me is, is the ultimate freedom. Confidence about your role in the world, confidence about what you bring to the table, confidence that whatever you are can be every adjective that you want it to be, and the confidence that you're capable of more than other people believe you are. Thanks, Rihanna. The world is a better place with you in it. And thanks for listening, guys. First history episode of season two. Next week, we talk to a powerhouse who has been working behind the scenes at MTV, Channel 4, the BBC and the Media Trust. It's one not to miss. She gives us all the inside scoop. So it's amazing. Have great weeks till then. 
powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Karen Anderson. And I'm Vanessa Bennett. And we are the hosts of the Puberty Podcast. It's a show that weaves together scientific research, parenting strategies, and hilarious stories to help adults who are raising kids through adolescence. First, we lay the groundwork for how puberty has changed. And then we get into the tricky territory of how to talk about it with kids. Listen to us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.